video games usually depend on frenetic action, eye-popping graphics, or an amazing storyline. But you might be surprised to learn that the hottest video game around right now really doesn't embrace any of those things. In fact, you might say it's a whole lot more like that classic board game, Clue. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, if you've got tweens or teens, there's a good chance you already know what game I'm talking about today. It's called Among Us. In short, it's a murder mystery set in space. In what seems like the blink of an eye, suddenly everyone is playing it. So we're going to unpack this game and tell you everything you need to know about it. And we're also going to talk about the why behind the what. Namely, why is this game making such a big splash now and how video games continue to evolve in their appeal and in the way kids interact with them. Joining me for today's conversation are... Bob Hoos. Emily Clark. And Jonathan McKee. Well, we're talking about video games today, and so I want to start with this question. What is your favorite video game of all time, and why do you think you enjoyed it so much? I'll start off. Okay, I started playing the game Final Fantasy 14 online like which can we stop and just talk about the irony of Final <laughs> Fantasy but we're at 14, 14. <laughs> yeah yes we can i mean we could talk about that but i feel like that's a different podcast right right okay <laughs> i think As I, you were. I think i started playing that like 3 or 4 years ago and every time it, the, you know they come out with new updates every year they i think they are on now the fourth expansion for that game and i guarantee they're going to come out with like a fifth or a sixth because it's just so popular it's one of the most popular uh, massive multiplayer online role-playing games out there besides world of warcraft and uh it's it's just so much fun. There's always something new to do in that game, and there's people that you can play with online, and I'm never bored when I play that game. So it's definitely one of my favorites. Well, that's good because who would want to play a boring video game? That sounds positively awful. <laughs> for, for years and years. For years and years. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's a tough question from my perspective because I've played a lot of video games in my life, and, and you know, and there are a lot of them that were, are pretty good even some of the ones that we've reviewed that we might not necessarily say, go out and buy this one for your kids, you know, have had some fairly good elements in there. But I, I think I think if I want to just step back and say, okay, what game have I played over and over that I've liked enough to play over and over? And that would be the Civilization games. Ooh, I don't know yeah. if you've so played like those the whole franchise. Yeah, well, yeah. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch and of them. We're up to six now and with... Tons of expansions as well, <laughs> but uh, the the civilization games—they're—they're they're strategy games where you're sort of building a civilization. Hence the name, right? And and, and, and they're they're really fun. They can be, you know, depending on what level you're playing on, they can be very difficult, but they they're always challenging and interesting. So I I really enjoy them. All right, Jonathan, you know I think on this podcast before. I mentioned the Atari game Adventure, where you are a dot and you wander <laughs> around. So I won't go there because, honestly, that game is probably nostalgically my favorite. And you are a dot. I mean, compared to Emily's Final Fantasy, I mean, the graphics are like <laughs> one one pixel versus a million pixels, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, But, no, I'm going to go with an old arcade game that, for some reason, whenever I used to see this, 
Emily, you see, arcade games are these games that you used to go into this room. It's like and in a big box. Was, and, uh... Yeah, it was this room where a bunch of kids would go and play these games and put quarters in them. You know, like like little rats. We would return to the pellets. And we anyway, but um, so I would go to this arcade and there was this game called Cubert. Do you guys remember Cubert? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I've it, heard of Cubert. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's this giant like uh 3D like triangle like stair step. It's and and there's this little dude who's basically this little alien with like two little legs and and a face. That's all he is. And he hops around and he goes da 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 and he just hops around and then he, there's these other guys that try to get him. They're all literally that's what they sound like. And and he hops on every square that he hops on, turns a different color, and your object is to get all the squares to turn that color. And if you fall off, here's the clincher. I don't think any other video game did this. If you fall off the little triangle, you fall off the screen down to the bottom of the video game, and a little clicker was at the bottom of the video game by your feet. And when he would die, it would go, and it would click, and you could hear the knock down by your feet. They literally made a clicker in this video game. Whoever made Cubert was brilliant because of the clicker. And I loved Cubert and I always played it. And actually when PS3 first came out, Cubert was free and you could play it, but there was no clicker, so it just wasn't the same. <laughs> Jonathan, I I realized just as you were talking that there's an existential hole in my life that you just filled, and that was you making Cubert noises. Um, I actually pondered Cubert. We had a family vacation and the Cubert machine was broken. And you know how it was broken? You didn't have to pay. Mm. I spent an entire weekend mainlining Cubert. And my parents were probably so happy that they didn't have to worry about me. But uh, I am going to go with a vertical scroller shooter called Twin Cobra. Where mm-hmm. you got to be a helicopter, which, you know, as a child, who didn't aspire to be, you know, a Cobra attack helicopter? And my best friend and I played in college, and we would walk to the mall, to the arcade, almost every day. And by the time we graduated from college with both a degree and massive, massive twin Cobra skills, we could play for about an hour and a half on a quarter. And there was one other guy who was as good as we were. And if one of us showed up first, you know, we would just look <laughs> at each other and he'd be like, ha ha, I got here first. And we would go to a movie and we would come back and he'd still be on still the scene. <laughs> but, uh, well, well we, sound, we sound like a group of real dedicated nerds. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my last sort Amen. of really, really immersive video game experiences. But that's a good segue because... We've come a long way since then. I think if I could have imagined when I was 14 or 15, what would be around a couple decades Mm -hmm. later in terms of the gaming technology, it would have blown my little mind. I mean, it, it really would have been incredible. And the thing about games is no matter how much they continue to, uh, advance, there's always something new. And a lot of times when something is new, it generates buzz because it's revolutionary. It does something that a game has never done before. Maybe or, or like the new consoles, that right? Just the came new out. consoles that are just that have just yeah. come out. You know, the new Xbox and uh, the PlayStation Five. Right. Um, they continue to just get better and better and better. Um, then every now and then something comes out that catches fire that 
kind of takes a left turn. Um, and I don't know what my son's favorite video game of all time is. He's 14. <laughs> but right now, the one that is absolutely the rage with him and his friends is Among Us. Uh, our video game expert, Bob, who's recently reviewed it, he's going to give us the nuts and bolts on that in just a minute. But before I ask him for that rundown, here are the numbers on Among Us. And if you're a nerdy numbers guy like me, you'll be suitably impressed, I think, with these. <laughs> so it's been downloaded more than 217 million times on mobile devices alone where the app is free. And those playing on PC have to pay five bucks for the pleasure of trying to figure out who killed another character in zero gravity. And those kinds of numbers are why Inverse.com called Among Us, quote, one of the defining indie games of 2020, even though it was released in 2018. So let's start there. This game's been out two years. Mm -hmm. Why is it just catching fire now? Well, you know, that we, we've been talking a lot about social media yeah. and, and the impact it has on our lives. And this is an example of where it's had this dramatic impact on the gaming world. Because you're right, this this game went sort of unnoticed. Every nobody even cared. I mean, when it was released, maybe five people said "ooh,", ooh but that was <laughs> it. And then, uh, and then just earlier this year, there was a uh, an internet influencer, Soda Poppin, uh, who that's his username. That's his username. Who uh, who <laughs> <Just> to clarify? <laughs> yeah, who uh, who started playing the game? You know, because of the quarantine thing, and they uh -huh. were, they were looking for fun stuff to do. And he started playing this game and brought it to the attention of his millions of followers. And next thing you know, everybody wants to play this game. Wow! And you know, there's a side story there, just on how these days, if the right person finds something at the right time, right, it can become a thing, yeah. right? It can become this incredible, you know, movement in our culture because one guy found it, yeah. which I think Play, is, plays it on Twitch and yeah. then everybody And, and what in. is Twitch? Just so people know if they haven't heard that well, it's, phrase before. If you want to boil it down to its simplest form, it's, a, it's essentially a site where you can go and watch people play video games. Okay. So there if you your go. mom and dad won't let you buy the video game, you can go watch you can, someone play it. Yeah. You can go watch someone play it. And and again, well, you also, you know, parents if parents are wondering what a video game looks like before they spend money on it, they sure. can use Twitch to go watch it and be like, "Okay, is this something that I actually Obviously, they can read our reviews, but if they just want to see it for themselves, they can go watch somebody play it online." Right. And that is a much better point than my sarcastic one. So thank yeah. you, Emma. <laughs> well, it's like a Fleetwood Mac song started going and viral a few weeks ago because on TikTok, literally a guy was riding on a skateboard and he filmed himself riding on a skateboard because his card broke down on the way to, and so he's riding a skateboard to work, playing this song, and it goes crazy. And literally, they're like, "Why is this song going crazy?" It went back to TikTok because this viral video, and this yeah. this is the world we live in right now. Stuff goes viral, and old school stuff is coming back. And so, two years ago, I mean, compare that to a Fleetwood Mac song, all right? <laughs> right. No, and that's exactly right. And, and this is a, a great example of something that probably wouldn't have caught fire without this particular influencer's mm -hmm. focus upon it. And speaking of old school. It is a little bit old school. Bob, you reviewed the game for Plugged In. What's the basic plot here, and what do parents need to know about the content of this? It's rated E10+. plus. Right. Uh, that's the, the rating that the ESRB has given it. Well, first of all, they should know that it's it's not like a Fortnite or some of those other large uh, 
online games that a lot of kids are playing. Uh, you're not running around over this huge map, you know, shooting people. It's something much more intimate, and mm -hmm. it's really all about strategy and deceit and making some secret moves that other people don't see. It's all very small. You've got these... You've got these little spacemen that are all plopped down into a uh, into their own spaceship, and it's made up of several small rooms, and they all have duties. And they're supposed to go around and do these little mini games within the context of these different rooms, and but that's not the only thing that's happening because one of them is an imposter, ah. <laughs> and nobody knows who it is, but one of their number is an imposter, and he's moving around in the rooms too, looking like he's maybe playing these little mini games too but he's not he's imposter that's isn't right he? he's trying to find he's, the board he's trying to sneak up behind someone and off them ree, ree, yeah, right. Ree, ree. right and so and then and then once something like that happens then they all gather together in a room and they text each other to try and figure out who was it that is the imposter who's the bad guy and then they they can choose one of one person among their group and there's usually uh, uh, like six people in this in this uh, group uh, so that that's the intimate size of the of the uh, game too. It's not this huge thing of hundreds. It's just six or eight people, and uh, and they can choose one amongst them and boot them out of the spaceship. But if they choose the wrong one, uh oh, dun, dun, one, dun. Of, one of the good guys is gone, and the the imposter then has a, a chance to go back and kill someone else. So to me, this sounds like Mafia, the card game. Yep. But for online. <laughs> yeah, sort of. And, it, and you know, Adam mentioned Clue, and it's sort of yeah. like that, too, because there are secret passageways where the, where the killer, uh, the imposter, can slip through and show up in another part of the, of the spaceship, which actually makes him look innocent, you know, because mm. suddenly he's over in the control room. Couldn't have been him. Yeah, it couldn't be him. Mm. Well, and it all seems like it has elements of the old lifeboat. Who are we going to throw overboard? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a pretty simple game, and, and graphically, I mean, it feels like something that could have came out in about 1985, doesn't it, Bob? Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't look. You know, we, we've talked about the new consoles and how incredible the visuals are are with these new consoles. You don't need a new console for this. <laughs> yeah, it's I not mean, flashy. Literally, it, your console TV will work. Right. You were talking about how <laughs> people are downloading it on their phones, and you can use it on your phone because the the graphics are so simple. Okay. Well. Why do you think, um, apart from this Twitch user, you know, popularizing it, why do you think this game is suddenly so popular among kids? Because it takes more than just, I think, one person popularizing it to to start something like this. I think it's just because it's fun to play. I mean, I haven't actually played Among Us, but if it is like Mafia, like I just mentioned, that's a fun game to play. So I feel like, and also it's not like Fortnite where, you know, it, it, that Fortnite is a very fast-paced game where, like, you got to shoot. It's kill or be killed in Fortnite. In right. this game, because it's slower, mm -hmm. you know, you can take a deep breath. It's not as anxiety-inducing, I don't think. And, you know, you can have a conversation with your friends while you're playing. And it, it does require a little more brain power, which, you know, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. But sometimes we do like to think. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree. I would agree. In a way, it's almost the anti Fortnite, yeah, because you're you're not running around this huge map. You're you're in something very small, and the matches themselves are very short too. Yeah, I mean you can because if you find the imposter in the first round of of uh, of 
gathering your group together, well, game's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember how simple like the game Animal Crossing was back in the day. And I remember kids just loving that. And it was it was very slow. It was very simple. And it was this thing where you went around and you, you kind of took care of your animals and took care of your little thing. And people found a way to be creative. And I tell you, when you add the element of being able to be in a world with your friends where you can chill and dialogue, yeah. but yet at the same time figure out a mystery. Yeah, it's not surprising to me that Among Us is doing as well as it's doing. And that's something we should also note, too. Make note for parents who don't really know much about this game. Uh, one of the cool sides of this game is that you can create your own personal room. So you don't, I, I mean, yes, you can join in with a group of strangers and play, but uh, kids can create their own rooms and invite just their friends in. Yeah. And that way you don't have to worry about any other kind of so stranger there's a, there's contact. a degree of, of control and safety yeah. there. Yep. Right. If kids choose to access it. I, exactly. I mean, I know, Bob, when you reviewed the game, um, not surprisingly, you didn't have necessarily a huge no, peer I... group who were into <laughs> it. So you played with, what was your experience playing with people online that you didn't know? It was good, actually. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't run into any, see, I was thinking, okay, you got strangers, you got, and a lot of times when you're dealing with a bunch of people online, it can get a little rowdy. Um, but it wasn't, I, th this was, it was pretty straightforward and everybody played it very seriously, you know, while still having fun, you know, right. and, and the, and they, they were texting one another, but it never got nasty in, in my experience. Okay. So, so Bob, this might be a good time for you to uh, help parents understand what are some of the dangers. And I know we've spent entire podcasts talking about this, but, but give us a brief, what are some of the dangers that you think parents should be on the lookout for when, you know, their kids are playing a game like this sure. and the settings are so to where some weird dude can be in that room. How, how, do, how can parents be careful of that? Well, there's, as far as dangers, there's an interesting word because that really moves the dial quite a ways. And I, I don't, I, I wouldn't classify some of the content issues as mm -hmm. dangers. Um, yes, you can run into strangers if you're if you're playing with just any anonymous person that comes in, and but but the game also gives you the option of booting that person out mm. if if they get rowdy or something happens that you don't like. Especially if you're That's the one true. who started the game, you can b bounce them right out. Um, but can I'm, I can I ask a qualifying question yeah. there? Do, when you say you can boot them out, do you mean that the group, you know, you in yeah. the context of the game, you can boot them out, or do you mean that no, as I'm, the host, I mean you as can you, boot them you out? You can actually, oh, okay, exclude them from the game That's if, good, if they're causing problems. So Johnny Weirdo, yeah, you're the weakest link. Goodbye. Right, right. Um, but in terms of content, I would say you know there are little visuals. For example, when the kill happens, if if a guy sneaks up and and takes someone out. There's, you know, there's a little t short cut scene where he might wield a knife or he might grab somebody's head and like he's going to snap their neck or strangle Oof. them or something like that. But it's very short and it's very, it's very cartoony. There's, so there's not, it's not like blood and guts or anything of that nature at all. There is a kill though, just so parents right. know that there is a kill in, in all of the different scenes in the game. Uh, but it, but as again, it's very cartoony. I think... I think probably one of the one of the the most risky aspects of the game is if you are connected via some sort of outside conversation uh, conduit. Right. If if you've got if you got people talking to one another, 
you could get foul language in there depending on who you've got in your group. And that's the thing that I hear from parents over and over again with just video games today in general. I mean, it used to be back in the days of, you know, Qbert, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're just one person playing a game. But now that game has kind of really kind of tiptoed into the world of social media. Often gaming means a kid with a headset yeah. playing with a bunch of people they don't know. And so parents, I think, especially of younger kids, just need to be aware and, and take the advice of, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics when they say, don't let your kid be upstairs in their room by themselves with a headset because you can't see what they're doing. You can't see who they're talking with. And right. it's just commonplace to play. People love to play with strangers. And where we would have heard that, you know, even 10 years ago, you know, we, we used to have school assemblies on stranger danger. And now it's like strangers are like, no, we encourage you. Go talk with strangers. It's great to meet other people. Bare minimum, we need to teach our children how to recognize some of these predatory behaviors. And that's why the best bet is also to create your own private room, right? Yeah. private adventure. Yeah. Well, it seems like one of the big draws of this game um, has as much to do with the interactive opportunity as the game itself. And just as a dad of a 14-year-old, I've certainly seen that in my son's life. How important do you think that cooperative online play is in games today, especially in the midst of our ongoing coronavirus restrictions? I think that, I think that it's very important. And I think that especially as, you know, some states are facing new lockdowns and some states are maybe coming out of lockdown, um, you know, the only place that you're going to meet new people right now is online. So I think that that cooperative online playing is really important because really for kids right now, that is the only way they're going to make new friends. And, you know, sometimes that's a good thing because they could meet somebody who's their own age, who's appropriate and a good friend to them. But it can also be a little dangerous because like Jonathan said, stranger danger. But but it is the appealing factor, I think. I, th- I really do believe with a game like this, um, especially since you're not just running and gunning, You are taking time to communicate with people and, you know, crack jokes and have a good time that there that is a a very appealing aspect. Yeah, I mean, as games go, I think this is really an innocent one in so many ways, Uh, you know, it's comparatively. And I think it's I I don't want to I don't want to be, you know, uh, negative on meeting people online. But I tell you one thing, I mean, I just. I think we really got to be careful with younger kids because I think it's commonplace for parents to just let you know their nine and eleven year olds kind of roaming out there and meeting people. And I, I just think that we got to be very careful when it comes to that. And on one hand, in all the debates from the experts lately, um, video game time isn't one of the things that they said is really affecting the mental health crisis of young people today. They've really said it's more social media uh, where people are trying to measure up and they're looking at these pictures and I don't look as good as this. So on one hand, I think video gaming can be a very good, healthy outlet. But I I would just, my personal opinion in seeing a lot of the dangers that young people wandered into today is that I think with younger kids, I would really try to, in a game like this, keep them to only hanging out with the friends that they've met face-to-face. Because I don't think an 11-year-old knows how to recognize predatory behaviors. No, that's exactly right. And I think, as is often the case when we talk about technology and entertainment, you know, there's pros and cons here. Mm -hmm. There are things that are potentially uh, fun and... uh, 
perfectly okay and things that we need to be aware of. And that has to do with both the content that we're dealing with. And I think when we're talking about Among Us, uh, it has a lot fewer content issues than even, you know, some of the other more popular, right. you know, interactive games like Fortnite or Apex Legends or, or even Overwatch or Overwatch. I mean, it's a long list. I mean, right. there, there are a ton of games that kids play online. Um, and as a parent, I'm thankful to an extent that my son has a group of people that he plays with regularly. And especially as we have these restrictions, it does allow for uh, a level of interaction and friendship and just blowing off steam that I think... Yeah, and socialization. It, yeah. And socialization that I'm glad that that's there. But as Jonathan said, we have to do that within a context of engagement as parents. We right. can't just turn them loose and, you know, we can't be naive. We need right. to not be naive about the reality of the fact that uh, there are potential threats out there that our kids can encounter. So as with all things, I think the, the watchwords are engagement and mm -hmm. intentionality. That yeah. as we are engaged as parents, we can guide and shape our kids' choices. We can set boundaries on when they play, where they play, to Jonathan's point, right. and how much they play. And, and it can be something that might be a net positive. And what they play. And what they play. I mean, yeah, you know, ob we've, obviously, we've, yes. We've been focusing on this game, but there are a lot of actually online games where you get together in a group that that can be fun without any content at all. Like I, I, I think of... Um, I think of one, uh, the Rocket League. I don't know if yeah. you, you guys ever played that. It's sort of like <laughs> soccer that you play with cars. And, oh, and I like and, that. And I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, and you can, even, you can even get some old school things. Like you can play competitive Pac-Man online if you want to, you know. And it's just a matter of, of seeking out the games that work best for your family. That's exactly right, Bob. And I think, you know, Among Us is just the latest game to captivate the attention of young gamers it certainly won't be the last. You know, this is Thanksgiving weekend, and you know some people will be getting in line for uh, new TVs. Maybe, hopefully, if they've you know done their homework, they get one of these new consoles. So, video games are with us. They're not mm -hmm. going anywhere. And our desire at Plugged In is to continue to give you the resources you need to navigate this area of your family's entertainment lives and and Bob Hoos is our primary video game expert and so each week yeah, we sure. have we have a new review of a game that's making waves in popular culture so by all means come to pluggedin.com and check out our video games each week and as always we would love to hear from you about what's on your mind in this area what games are your kids either playing or talking about or or maybe you've heard other parents talking about games and you don't know if your kids are playing them, but you are, you're interested to know more about that. So what's generating the biggest buzz in your household? You can let us know at team at thepluggedinshow.com or on our Facebook and Instagram accounts. Well, this week we heard from a listener named Jeff in Japan who's concerned about some of the ways that this year's Hallmark movies might not be as family-friendly as we've come to expect them to be. And uh, we really appreciate Jeff reaching out to us, and we would encourage you to keep an eye on Plugged In's movie review section because we're going to be reviewing some of those movies on Netflix and Amazon and Hallmark throughout the holiday season. 
Well, finally today is our thanks to you for being part of the Plugged In Show family. Today, for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of our very own Jonathan McKee's book, The Teen's Guide to Social Media and Mobile Devices, 21 Tips to Wise Posting in an insecure world. And I I think as we hear from Jonathan each week, he is somebody who knows what he's talking about. He is plugged into youth culture. And this is a great book that I think will give you some some really concrete tips uh, that you can apply in this area in your own family. Well, on behalf of the Plugged In team, I want to say thanks so much for listening today. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show.